On this episode, we're talking to James Uricki from the King Karaoke in Chicago. We talk ultimate cocktails with over-the-top presentation, bars, trends, and the future of cocktails. James, brother. What's going on, man? Love being with you. Yeah, man. So, uh, butter-washed, Hennessy, pure white, coffee-infused... Uh, honey, ginger, old-fashioned. So the Very gingers, nice. the bitters, the honeys, the sweetener, Very coffee, nice. and fat wash. Yeah, it looks good. Okay, so we've known each other a while. Talk to me about this place. On a little adventure here, <laughs> uh, over here in Chinatown in Chicago, which isn't a place I really spent much time in um, until this time about last year when we opened up Best Bar down the street, which is like a um, an upscale cocktail spot bar in in chinatown it's the only one of its kind so um it's it's proving to be very well and then this is our second project here and this is a a king karaoke uh, and it's a karaoke bar uh with with upscale cocktails as well we're continuing that pattern and uh it features 12 private rooms uh that can fit anywhere from 10 to 30 people and um for those rooms we like to keep the, let, allow the guests to have privacy, and they have on-demand buttons that they can push for us, and we can see those at the bar. But uh, we offer all of our cocktails in the leader format that we run on a draft system that's being pumped constantly to keep keep movement going, uh, which has been uh, one of those things we're, we're still in the process of learning, but uh, it's coming together. And this place is doing really well so far, so it's, it's, it's fun. It's just we're, we're merging the nightlife, high-energy experience with cocktail lounge. <laughs> Leader cocktails on draft sounds like a real beautiful yet dangerous idea. Yeah, it can be. <laughs> right? You're, you're allowing the guests to uh, control what they're consuming. So that, that can be a little, uh, you know, uh, squirrely. But um, we haven't had any problems. And so, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. And, all, you know, when we do those, all of our garnishes uh, that we do are all freeze-dried from rare tea cellars. Uh, and they're all, they all come pre-packaged. Uh, with five pieces in each package, they're heat sealed, so they're like opening a fresh package, and it's it's pretty cool. So, and we've been doing we've designed some labels for the bottles and labels for the packages, so it's a really uh, nice nice experience. Yeah, I know you have a close relationship with with the team at Rare Tea Cellars, and they're a real big, I like advantage for Chicago bars. Oh yeah, you know, it's crazy. Uh, you know, we're very lucky to have uh, a place like that so close to home. Um, as they do supply a lot of the country with, you know, their rare and unique ingredients. But yeah, Roderick and I uh, have fostered a pretty great relationship over the years. Um, I'm always looking to do extravagant things, and he's always there <laughs> to pull something new out of his hat yeah. and something that he's been waiting to show me. So um, yeah, we get to do a lot of cool things. I have access to a lot of cool products, and so we get to see a lot of cool presentations and different um, garnishes and things like that. That's really cool. So you, I know you as a guy that just has made some beautiful cocktails for other people, for yourself, like awesome presentations, real theatrical, not to mention balanced and beautiful, but like, talk to me about like, where, how did you start in this industry? What was that? What were the first few years like? What, what, what steps got you to, to today? So I mean, if we want to go way back, I, I started working. Let's go back to the beginning. All right. All right. Uh, 21 years old. The week I turned 21, I hanging out at my sister's house. She lived downtown in Wrigleyville. There was a bar owner there, um, and he offered me a job at the door. So took that, jumped on that. I, within, I think it was within six days of me turning 21. So I was working the door there. Uh, home opener came around for the Cubs. This is back in 2008, maybe. Yeah, 2008, and uh, somebody didn't show up for their shift at the bar next door, and their manager came over frantically looking for anybody to help out, and I jumped behind the bar, and that's where it all started. I mean, I just got lucky. That's genius. Um, and so what What left, what from there to now? Like, where, where was your progression? So I bounced back and forth quite a bit for a little while, um, working with the different... A promotion group that, that was doing some pretty cool parties um, and I was bartending for them uh, but 2011 we opened up the pump room 
uh, which used to be the Grand Ambassador East, and I believe it's back to being Ambassador East, but iconic space. Ian Schrager took it over, so I mean, you're you're expecting John George was the was the chef there, so it was exciting times. I really had no clue what I was doing with bar, <laughs> with the bar, uh, cocktails, you know, in the in the bars, but they threw me behind there, and it was like it was time to go, you know, and. Um, I only want to look like a fool once. So it just took a few times of not knowing what I was doing till I got it together, started self-educating, took some classes, uh, was in Southern uh, Glazer's uh, Spirits Academy back in 2011. So I completed that and then I did that for a little while and then left there and went back to, I was working in a, a nightclub space just, and then I was having fun doing that. And then from there went to, uh, the Langham, where, where I really honed in and, and developed what, my What year was that that you went to Langham? Uh, 2015. Okay. Been, I think it was August 25th is when I started. I so you started remember. in bars in Wrigleyville, 2008. Then uh, Southern kind of uh, Spirits Academy in early, two, that, what, 2011, 2012? Yeah, it would have been October 2011. We yeah. opened up that spot. And um, I stayed there for about a year before moving on but yeah and then langham and langham is like langham. for those that haven't been langham hotel in chicago right on the river beautiful view like <laughs> they've got the they've got the clientele and the wherewithal to to be premium in every single way oh yeah and, and, and they let you guys run they very much wanted us to show them what we what we can do, um, you know, with especially with if you look at Langham, London, you know, as we know, the uh, artisan bar there um, was a top bar in, in the world for a very long time. And so that team split. Hey, you, do you know something? I, maybe you don't know this. I I was at the artisan when it won. I think it was the, it was either the second or third time they won best bar in the world at top 50 i was in the bar That's when great. they won and the one thing i realized was uh alex Kratana came in uh and after after winning and they not high-fiving everyone and just getting drunk they walked in and he started handing little glasses of champagne to everyone because they did that when anyone walked in to say like you know have a little sip of this before while well, you're deciding on your menu and they started bussing glassware. Like everyone that was at the award show started bussing glassware and started handing out champagne to people instead of celebrating themselves. And that's and in that moment I went, that's why they won. Like it's always the consumer first. It's always the person in the bar. It's guest first. All their cool stuff was for the guest. And it was like that that to me went, Okay, I get it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I, that's what I loved about I get I loved working for the for the company. Um, like I said, they allowed me to to grow in such a way that I didn't even realize that I was so fortunate having access to equipment, ingredients, people that that most people never really get access to. And I was able to to really kind of multiply what I was doing and uh, learn some really cool applications that allowed me to be able to make the highest quality product I can I can make. And um, I learned a lot about the hospitality too, which is where I really thrive. That's my, my skill set is hospitality at the end of the day. Um, it's, it's the guest experience and it's making sure that um, I'm providing a memorable experience for everybody that walks through that door, no matter who they are. And uh, Langham allowed for that to happen. And you know, the time that I spent there, we, our team was incredible. We, we got our Forbes fifth star by our second year which is pretty crazy. Which, which star program are you talking about? The Forbes? Forbes, five Forbes. stars. So there, that's there's a, only- That's a crazy program. Yeah, so that's what's interesting about the program is the city only has, I think, three five-star properties currently. Um, so to, to be a, a five-star property, is, it's pretty incredible. Um, and then to run a cocktail program within that is, is even more uh, of a challenge because of all of the touch points and that you have in order to make, make that happen. And things like four minute drink times on a ticket. No, you know, like if you had a full ticket, I mean, and there's a, there's about 60 points that you touch within the first two minutes that a guest sits down. And so having to do all that on top of do a, a, a beautiful craft cocktail program, it's, it's, it was a challenge, but it's something that has made me better and uh, pretty much made me, I feel like 
I have become a master of what I do. I think about this often. I, kind of, I, I try to figure out, am I at that point? And uh, you know, I, I have a book that I've been listening to that kind of explains when you've reached, reached that point because I'm trying to understand. But yeah, just like when it becomes part of you and it allowed me to be able to do that. I was so hands-on there and, and so involved with, with what was going on. And uh, it was an incredible experience. Do you remember what the 60 points are for the Forbes? Well, first of all, you got your coasters, napkin, drop your menu, drop your two uh, original um, snacks that can't be found anywhere else, so they need to be made in-house. Uh, introduce yourself. You have to get the guest name. You need to use the guest name several times uh, within, those, within that time. Um, need to get the order. I'm trying to think. There's, there's a lot of little ones. Um, but, but things like as little as like, if you have a lime in, in your drink and I, you squeeze it and you put it on the bar, I have 30 seconds to pick that up. Like, so you have to become a, like a automated, it needs to be muscle yeah. memory. Yeah. I, I, so I just met somebody last week that lost out on their fifth star because of two things. And it's, it's so minute. It was one of them was when you present the wine list, you need to present it to the guest, not leave it on the table. And there was and there was something else at the front. Oh, the host or hostess said it was in the south. So they said instead of saying y'all or all or anything like that, they said guys to a mixed group. And so it was like that's that was how they lost out on their fifth star. Just two points out of as you said, 60 points like or, and that's for the bar, let alone the tables got their own 60 points. Well, that's just like, that's just at the beginning. I mean, throughout service, it's about a hundred, uh, I think it's over 150 different points that you have that's to crazy. Touch. Yeah, it is. It's pretty nuts. Um, yeah. It's, it's incredible that we're able to do that. It takes a really tight knit group of people to get behind that. And, and there's always going to be somebody that that's not their day. And mm-hmm. You can count on everybody else to pick that up. Like we, we're we're doing it because that's what we do, not because we have, we don't have to think about it at Family. a certain point. Yeah, it becomes becomes something that you just do, you know. And I still I I, I apply that to everything I, in life at this point. I mean, I'm, I'm like that at home, you know. Yeah. It's just what I am now, lucky, and that's great. Becomes, and that's one of those things, right? It becomes part of that's what this book I've been reading says. It becomes part of your DNA. It's part of you, and so yeah. that's that's when you know you've done it. And so. Um, I now try to implant that in everything that I do. Uh, even in these programs that I'm doing here, I try to make them as, as, as nice as they can be, right? And I try to offer the best hospitality that we can. I think that's gonna be what, what makes us thrive. Because I think after, after COVID, I think we saw a decline, especially with, with just the lack of experience uh, in the professionals in the market now, um, or the people that are working. And that's not, I mean, everybody, it takes time to develop these skills. So we're just at that point where you don't, it's, it's not as commonplace to have great, great service. And so if we can deliver that, then I know that we can be successful. So what, um, what do you think great service hones down to at, the, at its very core then? Like what would you, what do you want to see when you walk into a place? Oh, there's a lot of things. My first things that I notice is lighting and the sound, right? So it's like, what, what's playing and how loud is the music? It's all about um, just feeling natural, right? When you're, so the lighting, uh, the sound, and then the, the biggest one for me, and it's what I always go back to, it's anticipatory service. It's, it's anticipating what's, what the guest is going to want and need. So when, whenever somebody's doing that for me, I, I know that I'm in the right place. I know that I'm in a place that's, that's got a great program going on and somebody leading this program is, is, is great. So uh, that's really what I look for uh, is, is those three things are going to be the, the top things I look for. I like that anticipatory service. Yeah, that's, that's what we practice. That is the main thing that makes it all go around. Um, it's that like when you're, when you're working the, like let's say a guest has their water, like it can't go below three quarters of the glass. We're filling it back up and you're doing this stuff. So like fluidly that the guest doesn't even notice that you did it. And they're like, wait, when did you do that? And that's that anticipatory. That's like you getting very good at it to the point where you're not even being noticed, right? You're part of the experience. You not are the experience. So a, a friend, uh, I just had a bartender um, from, from Israel talk to me about when he was training, 
um, under some great bartenders, they had him just go around the bar and make sure everyone has a coaster. Like you're, you're junior here, you're training. That's your job tonight. Every drink has a coaster. And, and so that was step one. And then it was like, he worked at a bar after that where they didn't use coasters. So it was like, okay, now it's napkins. And then he went to a bar after that and it was like, okay, we don't have those. Like, okay, now it's make sure the candles all lit by everybody. And it was like, the point was everywhere he went, it was that coaster wasn't about a coaster. It was about observation and like watching anticipatory. Like what does everybody need? Look at everybody for what they have, what they're doing, everything like that. And that, those minute details matter. And I've heard other bartenders talk about like their owners were so crazy about like light bulbs. And so they'd go around the restaurant looking like as soon as they walked in, they'd look for like burnt out light bulbs. And an owner would walk in and be like, you missed one. There's a light bulb. And it's like, where did you? And he wouldn't tell him where. It's like, you got to go find it because it's about that service. Yeah. And it's, it's pretty interesting you said that. Um, often when we would have something that was missed, Nobody would ever tell you directly. It would always be this kind of suggestive thing. And I, there's one instance that sticks in my mind. And um, the general manager of the hotel, great guy. And I, I don't think we could have done what we did without him in the way that he ran that place. Because he never told anybody to do anything. But he came by and he would say, we have a stack of napkins at the bar. The guests over there don't have napkins. And he says, all he says is, oh, are we out of napkins? To the group of people standing there, which... Uh, it was on the it was on the floor, so it was one of the servers that did, that hadn't done it, and we just had, I just hadn't caught it yet, and that and and I was the only one that <laughs> at this time picked it up what he was saying, and I started to explain to them that I'm never going to tell you what to do, he's just gonna, he wants you to figure it out. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's like the so thing when whenever anything like that happened, that's exactly what you had to get pretty clever. You had to start to listen to what they were saying to you. Yeah, there was there was he would speak to you in a way where you bettered yourself, and that was that was the main goal of of and of the programs there too was it was better every day was one of their um one of their touch points and that i think was one of the things that uh, everybody there did they were yeah. always improving themselves no, no one wins five stars on day one you no. gotta build up to it yeah yeah no no and you know like it it's crazy how many people that started opening that place that stuck there you yeah. know it was that that's what made it all work Right. That's cool. And it's crazy how they built their teams and you'd, they'd hire somebody and you'd feel like that's not really the right fit. Well, how, why did they hire that person for this? And then at the end, you'd realize it, you're like a year into it and you're like, we couldn't be this team without that person because they do this. They handle this situation like this and they're perfect for when this certain situation happens. They handle it. Everybody kind of had their thing. And it, it's that's what that's that's one of those things I still try to figure out today. Now that we're uh, opening up businesses ourselves, you know, um, trying to figure out how to do that hiring properly. Like how, how do they do it? Where's your deficiency? Where's your strength? Don't build on the strength, build on the deficiency. Yeah. Yeah, It's like, how do they know that person is going to be the, the glue to like their little thing that they do or the way that they treat it? Yes. Like I, we had one, one of our colleagues that she kind of would act like aloof sometimes. And she was perfect for when the guest was kind of being, you know, you'd have those those guests that are kind of being difficult and she would just handle the situation. And that they, they kind of like when you're just kind of a loop, they, the situation gets easier there that, you know, like and, and it gets it handled. escalates. Yep. Yeah. And so like, how did you how do they find that? That's what I always wonder. Mm-hmm. It's like, how did you figure it out that that was what what you needed? What to we hire? were missing. Yeah. yeah. You also said something like uh, music and lighting. And I think it was Eric Castro years ago, uh, a bartender from San Diego that, that put out a, like a tweet or a Instagram message that to something to the effect that like most of a bar consultant's job or like 90% of their job can be handled with lighting and music. That if you just walk into bars, but implying that most bars problems are lighting and music that if you just either bring the lights up a little bit or dim the lights a little bit or uh or or bring the music up or bring the music down or switch the music to something else you've you you've handled it because it's like you need to me you need three things for a party 
you need drinks, music, and like good ambiance, good location, food as well can be there maybe as a fourth. So it's, you've got there, if you've got those things and you've handled those things, the rest comes really easy. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, like look at a place like the one, one place that I always remember here in Chicago that, that, uh, that always gets me with the light, with the lighting and the music. It's like the distortion in the music is right. It's, it's weird. I'm always trying to figure it out, but, uh, money gun, whenever I'm in there, like I've had some really great, I go home and I have these memorable experiences. I go home and I remember those, those times I'm there. And I think about the orange lighting that they have and the way the back bar is. And it's like hip hop music that they've got kind of playing. And it's like kind of distorted speakers. And it's not coincidence that you're remembering that it's because they're creating that they're creating that experience for you that you're going wow this is this is this is a cool yeah. place i feel like it doesn't matter who i'm with when i'm there if i'm by myself even like i just enjoy it so much i enjoy the atmosphere around me and it and, and you know that that's the one place i always think of when i think about that guy that's where i really had that kind of aha moment where i was like something special here you know like we need i need to pay attention to this a little bit more so Kudos to them. I mean, they've, they've knocked it out. They've, they've done a great job. And then they've, they've created the whole second side of their their space that was the diner and turned it into the almost that same style with yeah. the mirrors. And it's like, they figured it out. They, they're like, this is what, this is what cool people stuff. want. Yeah, it's really, really cool, you know. Um, yeah, I haven't been in there in a while, but it's it's one of my – I think we did something over there with you. Yeah, totally. And and we – so, I mean, that's a good good transition. What – if I had a weekend in Chicago and I'd never been here before, where should I go? Where would you go? Okay, I got a few places that, you know, if we're in the West Loop, of course you got Money Gun, it's right there. Um, you can walk a few blocks down to the Hoxton and the Hoxton has um, Lazy Bird downstairs, which is a really cool cocktail bar that uh, is, it's, I think it's a Boca that, that runs all of those those in there and they do a great job um so i would say lazy bird is pretty cool you can go a few blocks over to uh sushi doku and when you go there they have booze box down in the basement and that's a cool vibe uh, so there's quite a few places over there in the west loop to just bounce around into uh if you make your way over to river north which is where a lot of the nightclubs and stuff are at but there are a few really cool cocktail bars and you have like uh arbea which is like hidden gem mm. I, I feel at this point uh, everybody knows who they are but yeah they, they do a great job everything they do there is great um and celeste is around the corner and they have a cool cocktail program um they were just and that's four floors and you can get kind of anything you like there you go to the top you have the garden you go to the second third floor you have the disco and then you go to the second floor you have they were turning the parlor into a elevated cocktail experience that they were trying to do and i was i was working on it with that working on that with them and then the first floor of course you got cocktails so it's like the people there are great and they've been there people have been there for a while and they take their craft seriously so you can get a nice cocktail over there and then of course you got the langham right there with travel bar um which you can always get a great you're always going to get a great experience there um then you have a little bit further down, if you want to go down Michigan Avenue, you got Nomi Park Hyatt. Nomi's always, always nice. You get to sit out on the patio up there on the eighth floor. It's like seventh floor. Um, and then the Four Seasons. And I, I was working a lot with the Four Seasons before, uh, you know, my most recent transition to working uh, with the being part of a hospitality group. But when I was working with the brands, that's what I was doing. Some really, really hey. cool things over there. I mean, we did we did the Mile High Cocktail Club on their 46th floor, which was like a, took two of the suites and turned it into a 1950s airport lounge. And I designed a menu for that. Um, that was kind of like a seven wonders of the world, uh, along with. Um, what's the name? Along with. I can't remember. I want to say Giuseppe. It's not Giuseppe. Mm. I can't remember his name now. Valentino. Um, from Miami. And he's, uh, he was a great mixologist too. So he put, he put together some of the cocktails and I worked with him at developing some things there. Uh, menus were beautiful. The experience was beautiful. You walked in, you got to check in. They give you a key card with our logo on it that brought you up there. 
Um, you had a boarding pass, so you sat in like this lobby lounge area when you when you first walked in, and then you got to go into the experience, which was awesome. So like, we're, they're doing some really cool things out there. There's a lot of cool stuff going on, um, and I, in Chicago, you can get those experiences. You know, you just have to kind of pay attention to what's going on. So yeah, that that brings me to a point of like, you are you think different when it comes to cocktails. Like you are, your theatrical nature behind so many of the serves you've either created for yourself or helped bars create when, when you worked with, uh, you work with Mont Hennessy, um, all of these things, like it's, it's really different. It's really special. And I think our world, especially Chicago, Chicago over indexes on, uh, in, at least in my opinion, over indexes on beautiful uh, bars and, and hotel bars. Like you have a, a number of really luxurious hotels in a small footprint where they have some incredible offerings and they're willing to kind of push the envelope a little bit. And you sort of help them do that from your time at the Langham all the way through your time working with Mona Hennessy all the way to your time now working with a, a within a, uh, like a restaurant group. What, how do you approach that? Like, how do you approach creating these cocktails? So everything's rooted um, in the classics. And when I look at that, I'm looking at the philosophy of the cocktail. Like what was the time period and what was the intention? What, what should it have been at that time? And like how, and then I try to base everything off of that and I try to make it as, as uh, original and authentic uh, as I can to what would have been expected. And then, you know, I'm looking at the ingredients I have available to me uh, and how can I create the highest quality product um, and deliver that what, the, what should be in that cocktail. So that's really how I approach it. And, and the, the more I do what I do, the simpler things get. <laughs> it's always, it's always starts off more complicated than it needs to be. And I still do that with a lot of things, but creative process, I think is that way you, you kind of overdo it and then you dumb it down. And, um, so there'd be cocktails that like when I was, when I'm building them, I, I work on them for a long time before I put them on a menu to get them right. You know, mm-hmm. um, like I won the Tenzing cocktail, the the coup 2018 i think and it was like a very simple cocktail i had gone to mexico i had a passion fruit margarita which i had no idea that's what it was when i ordered it marguya you know i just don't didn't speak spanish at the time so like i was like what is this when i tasted it with the tahini on there and i went home and i said i'm gonna make a really nice version of this you know that and that's all i did and 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 that's where i saw success you know i i I use that as a competition because just something I had worked on for a long time. And then it ends up on the menu. And I think it's still on the menu today over there at Langham. It, it's a great cocktail. It's just very simple, straightforward. And uh, the presentation is very authentic and raw. Like it's what I would imagine if you were in Mexico and you were stopping some small little cocktail bar there. And they serve up just just great sp- uh, cocktail that, that's got fresh ingredients from the from the place. And, and that's exactly what it is. And... So the you know the more I do it, the simpler it gets, and you know it doesn't need to be complicated. So the storytelling through visual medium. Oh yeah, big time, big time. Um, try not to overdo it on anything, but try to tell exactly what uh, I can in the littlest amount of uh, garnish and uh, the glassware. Like I like to simplicity is the is the route for me, but still presenting it in a way that speaks to the nature of the cocktail. Interesting. What's uh, do you have a favorite cocktail you've created? Like one that you brought from concept to reality that that overperformed your expectations? Yes, uh, I would. I would have to say that um, the Godfather <laughs> that we did over at the Langham, uh, pre right right before COVID, which it's unfortunate that COVID happened and so that that program never really got to take off because it was a little bit of an elevated program and and other hotel properties were picking up on these things but we had done a godfather and it was very simple it's two ingredients 
uh, it was we were using the Signet, the Glenn Morangy Signet, which is a wonderful product. And then we were using um, the Lazzaroni uh, Amaretto that had been infused. Uh, Roderick over at Rare Tea was infusing it with like 50 grams of white truffles. So it's a white truffle Amaretto and the, and the Signet from Glenn Morangy. Those two things together and beautiful cocktail. And Jesus. that was probably my favorite thing. I, and I'm so fortunate to be able to have done that and put that on a menu somewhere. Cause it's like, where else are you going to be able to do something like that? And I think, um, you know, that I really appreciate those guys over there at the Langham for, for, yeah. for kind of a, allowing you to explore. The, I think it helped that I'd been there and they kind of trusted me and, um, they knew that I was going to do my, do whatever it took to make sure that it was the best it could be. And, and, uh, the guests, the integrity of the program there, the guests were a little bit more explorative. So they would, they would definitely partake in, in a program like that. And so that, that was really, really great. I mean, still think about it to this day. I've been trying to get one of those bottles off of Roderick for myself for quite, quite a while now. I, I, um, I really love that idea of reductionism in cocktails where you can take what is the least amount of ingredients to make the biggest impact. So like, how do we make an ingredient? And maybe we start with eight ingredients and we whittle it down, whittle it down to like, do we need all eight? Do we get to five? Do we need a full half ounce of ingredient four or would a quarter ounce suffice or a third of an ounce or something less? And I, I think that's, and then I'm, I'm most excited about, you know, if you can get if you can hone in on a cocktail and make it like you mentioned the signet and you mentioned the amaretto and like it's those specific ingredients made that drink work, not white truffle infused, any amaretto, that amaretto. Yeah. There's a reason he's doing that amaretto v- for sure. Versus, and then the signet versus something else some other scotch because other scotches are great but it's about those particular flavors that work and i think that is what really excites me being in this game for like 23 years where i think originally i was making cocktails where i would have classified it as like there's a rum cocktail there's a gin cocktail and it's like you could put any gin in it but then it, i got to a point of like no 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 this works best with this gin like i designed this drink for this gin or that gin. And if you put the other gin in, it's going to be good, but not great. Yeah. And, I, and I'm really about that world right now where it's like, what's the rum? What's the cognac? What's the scotch that this drink works with? And that's what it is. And if you want me to sub it out, then I've got to pick, I've got to make a new drink. Like I've got to design the drink differently for that. Yeah, everything has a purpose. Everything is, is with intention. Um, and that's, that's where I'm at too. So I'm, I'm working on building a program right now for another spot that we're, we're going to be opening up in the next six months or so. And it's what I've been wanting to do for a long time. And it's refined classic cocktails down to this spirit for this reason. And that's, that's why we do it. And, and, and so like the look you get from a guest, when you sit and you explain to them this, because of this, because like, and they go, whoa it's pretty cerebral yeah. didn't realize that's what's going on here i'm like there's zero fan on what you're drinking there like it's all intention yeah all the way down to the garnish i'm not putting anything on there i mean it's got a purpose it's a reason it's there and uh that is the most enjoyable kind of uh, experience to deliver for me you get to watch the guests just get blown away and you, after that that's when you can really do these experimental programs and things that are a little bit more expensive, people are willing to follow your experience and say, okay, you know what? I'm here. I came here for this. I'm going to do this $85 cocktail that I, I'm not 100% sure that I know what it is or what it, but I'm going to trust you because everything, because everything else you've done, the integrity is there. And that's what allows you to do those things. And that's what, that's what allowed me to thrive with, with mode energy. I mean, it's, you know, they, that, that credibility, people just trusted in the process. Like, you know, they trusted that I, I would go to every, I, every, I would design certain things for certain places. I, I would literally sit and think about if I was at this venue, 
what would I do? And I design it, and then I go and I share it with them. And I say, hey, listen, we're partners here. Let's, let's do something cool. I've, I've been working on this. Let's, let's see. And, and then at the same time, I'm now teaching these people how to start to think about when they're building their program mm -hmm. for their specific location. Not for every place, but like, and it helps better them, and they appreciate that. So you build some really great relationships along That's the amazing. way. Yes. Well, speaking of cocktails with intention, what cocktail do you have for us? So I have a milk punch that we did with Hennessy VSOP Privilege. Uh, it's got some Meyer lemon. It's got cinnamon toast crunch milk that we had I used it. for it. Um, some cinnamon. It's very simple. There's not a whole, lot, right. of, there's not yeah. a whole lot going on. Let's have it. Tristan and I, he was his first time using Spinzol. But we did it six times. I mean, we ran this thing like forever. And it would look like this. And then like you leave it for a few days. And all of a sudden, you'd have this layer of fat again. You're like, how is it in there? I mean, we to get it like to where there was and I don't know if it's because it was such a large batch that it did yeah. that but I mean we ran I mean it's pretty incredible how how hard it was to get it to be what it is here but it's I'm put a big rock on this probably Rocks oh, behind you. there we are yeah so I'm gonna have a rotating um a rotating cocktail of this because this is probably our top selling rotating cocktail. milk punch Milk punch or something, something explorative, you know? Yeah. Um, this is actually one of our top selling cocktails. They're ex tr like uh, Tristan is our lead guy here. He's excited about selling it because he was, took part in creating the cocktail. So That's got awesome. To, you know, so like, I think he then passed that along. They were able to have confidence in passing that along to everybody else. And they have been selling this cocktail like crazy. So explain a milk punch to people that don't, haven't had one, don't understand it. Okay, so we're using the milk. Get close to the mic. Okay. Yeah, so we're using the milk. We're taking the milk. We soak the milk with... And you use like a, what, like a homogenized milk, like 3.5%? Whole. Whole milk? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah we were doing whole, uh, homogenized. And then we did... Um, we did the milk with cinnamon toast. Is this the cinnamon garnish? Yeah, I'm just, gonna, I'm just doing a cinnamon stick in here. Just something light. Don't want to take away from the clarity here too much which is funny because normally like you look at this and it almost like in the coloring you could in the coloring of the room with all the colors you might say that's clear this is a glass of vodka why did he put a cinnamon stick in it you yeah know what i mean but those flavors are all in there that's why and you're gonna you're gonna get those flavors on there um, so yeah it's you, the milk um you let it absorb some of those flavors of the cinnamon toast crunch oh that's really special so what is the, so the milk you're infusing with cinnamon toast crunch. crunch. Yeah, and then we're taking that milk, we're adding that to the citrus and everything that's going into it. Um, and it's, it's taking that and it's separating those milk fats out of there, right? And then, like I had mentioned, we ran it through Spinzol several times. I think it was six times um, to pull those fats out of there. And then you're getting a little bit of the lactic acid and then you're getting a mouthfeel from, from the milk fats that you get yeah, so, so it's giving I, that creaminess to it that milk sort of like the milk fat sort of takes out to me it takes out some of the high notes like extreme citrus like that a spike anywhere it kind of like rounds out any spike and leaves you with something beautiful yeah i mean this is for what this is this is all all booze i mean it's it's some citrus but it, it's i mean it, we got the hennessy bsop pretty clear here well yes. done yeah, yes. and, and not only does it take out the spikes, it takes out almost all of the color. Yeah, I, yeah. and it's, that's incredible because I've tried for a long time to get clarified things to be clear. Um, and I think the, the the next step for me, and this is what I'm building out over at uh, the other property, is the, the Rotovat. I think that that micro distillation is going to be the, the way to actually get that clarity that we're looking for. You're going to strip some flavor with that. But yes, it will be clear. The other way would be take it to like an industrial centrifuge. Yeah, well, I mean, maybe we'll pick up one of those. I, I've looked at it. They're it's about just, the same price. It's not something yeah. that it hasn't been. If somebody will will provide me the finances to to put that into the program, I would definitely do it. So it's just so if it. anyone has money burning a hole in their pocket, you call James Yurinki, <laughs> yeah. and uh, he will make you some great cocktails. Yeah, we can do it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I would love to be able to have, and that's where we're, I mean, 
we're over at the at Lake Point Tower where we're going to be doing the 70th floor for the first time. We're renovating it after 30 years. It's yeah. been the same ownership. It's going to be something completely different for the for the residents of that building. Um, we're going to do some really cool things, but we have two kitchens there. We have the kitchen in the restaurant, but then on the second floor we have a cocktail commercial kitchen that we will be using just for the cocktails. And so everything will take place there. And that's kind of something I was doing at the Langham. It's, you know, a, a lot of what was going on was happening back of the house. It, everything was the show and the, we were providing really great hospitality along with great presentations that were able to be done because we had done so much preparation in, 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 the, in the foreground. So, um, that's what we'll be doing over there. And we're going to have a lot of really cool equipment and um, anything I can get in there, whatever they, we can afford to do, we will do it. And, uh, we're going to, we're going to aim for a top program in the country. That's when I, when I decided to join up with these guys, that was one of the things that was important to me. I said, if I'm going to do it, I'm not coming to just do a program. Good. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we're going to do great. Yeah. And we're going to be a top program. Yeah. Same with the food. We brought in, um, Jason Hedden, um, who I opened up the pump room with, worked with the Langham. He had done uh, work with RPM, and he was actually at Hotel Jerome as their executive chef at the time. And he, I called him, and at the drop of a dime, he was back here ready to go. So I said, listen, I'm going to do this with you, but we're going to go for our top programs in the country. Like, that's, that's it. If I'm going to be back in the, in, in, the, in the kitchen and behind the bar doing things, I want to make sure that we're, we're doing it right and we're, we're delivering giving the, the world a program that they can look forward to coming to visit. Mm -hmm. Well, sounds like several programs they can look forward to coming to visit. Yeah, I think we're offering some cool things here. I think, I think it's great. You can come to our fine dining space and you can come to do some karaoke. We have Best Bar down the street here, but, but there's some other things in the West Loop we're working on. So we have like five different projects in the works and, um, you know, they'll, they'll open up at, at staggered times. Some will take longer than others. You know, there's a lot of... Um, some of the some things have red tape and some things have you know need to be developed and some things we just are sitting on and waiting to see where, where what we're going to do with where it. the right opportunity yep. is yep so what excites you most about our industry and the direction it's heading uh, you know i think that there's a lot of great people that have now developed themselves and there's uh, a lot of people around around the country, around the, around the globe, probably, because um, I, I haven't really traveled too much, but, you know, um, that are doing very, very great things. Uh, and I think that they're set, we're setting a standard of, and so there's some really great experiences you can get, some great cocktails that you can get out there, and um, you know you can go to these places and get something great. So I, I like that. I like the community is really kind of, become professional now right it's been we're, we're very fortunate to be part of a time of a cocktail renaissance so it's like i just happened to be right time right place and at the right age and kind of shaping what was going on especially in our cities at least you know but you know even beyond that and so i think right now we're at like we're at a point where people have like really gotten great you know and uh there's the, there's the people that have really stuck to it and focused and, and pushed themselves and we're we're seeing some really great programs nowadays high level of skill yep um what do you worry about in our industry? Things like COVID that, that, that really kind of dismantle some really great programs because people couldn't be afford to be paid anymore and people are displaced and they're gone. They're just gone. And so those things are, that's, that was the first thing that really kind of shook, shook things up. And um, I remember coming back after that of being furloughed for like a year and a half before I was back in the market and going around to my places and just being like, it's not, the people are gone. It, those people you, you've known and love and create these experiences and, and have these programs are gone. And so I think we're, it's taking time to get back to that. And uh, yeah, I guess my fear is that something like that happens again, because I think if it does, we, we lose a lot. I think we get set back quite a bit. Yeah, I, I think like um, everybody focuses on the name on the door so many of these places are made by the people, not, not, not by the name. You know, everybody's like this, this bar is great. This restaurant's great. And it's like, but would it be if none of the people were there? 
you know, it's, yeah, it's like there's a little ambiance from a place, but most of the ambiance is even created by the people, let alone the service, the quality, the drinks, the quality of the food, everything. So without those people, everywhere suffers. It is definitely the people. I mean, that's one thing they kind of um, put, you know, gave to us too, you know, that imp- that information at the Langham. Um, and I think that's what was really important is that they always made sure that we were aware that we were the reason that we had five stars. And we, that doesn't happen without the people. It's the people. It, not anybody can just do that. It's a perfect alignment of people for that to happen. Um, and the guests appreciate it too. I mean, we would have, I would have people that come basically live in the hotel. Like they're there very regularly and it lived like Christmas time or holidays. Their family would come there with them and their families would be thanking us for being there. That, that like that we're the, what made him feel the one. I remember one guest in particular made him feel like, um, home, you know, like, like uh, the, the people that are traveling all the time, they don't have a home, you know, they, they have families at home and they don't, and so it, it's really, uh, you know, makes you feel great when, uh, when you hear stuff like that. It, it means you're, you're leaving a memorable mm-hmm. impression on somebody. You're, you're, and you're doing your job. You know, you're, you're, you're doing what you say, what you've signed up to do. Uh, and I think that's important. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it makes you, you, there's nothing like that gratification you get from being that to, to somebody, you know, to, to, and, and to somebody's family recognizing that it's, it's a feeling you don't get very often. You don't get the. My, my favorite was always, um, when a first date sat at my bar <laughs> because you know, you, you watch them and they're like, they're a little bit nervous. They're, you know, they're, things aren't flowing the way like a couple that's been together, even a few weeks flows or let alone months or years they're 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 choppy they don't they don't have a groove yet and so maybe they'll never get that groove some people but like i loved it as a bartender and one of the things i miss being behind this stick is that moment where you identify people and you identify them both as like individually good people or cool people where you want to help them you're like i want to help you you can help them get over this like awkward like get to know you phase like how do i interject myself do i get you do i do i comp you an appetizer do i do i bring you at something call them by their name start that conversation (laughs) do i do i you know talk to you this way or that way give give you something to like you're both stalled right now how do i interject myself to get you past that point those were always my favorite moments because it's it was so rewarding because i had countless people come back and be like I, I not countless. I had two people end up getting married. Yeah, it's, it's, after I did, and I'm, I'm sh- there might have been others, but like I know there were two that they had their first date in front of me, and and they married later. But there were there were others that like had such a great experience. I saw them multiple times, and that was that was always powerful. Oh it yeah, was always very cool. Yeah, I mean, we I and I've had those experiences as well, and it's it's interesting that you said that because it's like. I can think of a few times where I've noticed things are going on and it's like the littlest things that I can, I can watch it and I can, I, I'm now stepping in <laughs> and helping to fix that situation as well. Like, and like I said, it's as simple as something that's a, using the guest's name. Then, then the, the person feels a little bit more comfortable. Maybe the date they're with, it feels more comfortable. Like, oh, this, these people know this guy, you know, <laughs> or like, you know, and, and it's simple things like that. You know, you, you give somebody, it, 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 creates a, a more of a friendly situation and, and, and that's what we would do you talk to them it would be somebody i've never met in my life the first time i'm meeting them but when i'm talking to them it's like i know them and mm. there's a comfort in that and i think that that you you can help those situations through i mean we would do that i would i would there was except there's some people that abuse it right and there's one guy that used to come and he would be with the i think i saw him with several different dates and you're like they know that you're going to play your part the nuts not say anything or not bring up anything from the past. And they, that's why they come there because you're, you're, you're giving the guest experience and that's part of it. It's part of, you know, creating the experience. You don't need to feed into it in those places. You could be like, all right. Yeah, no, you don't feed well, in. I know what you're doing. You don't feed into it, but you don't go, Oh, where's your wife? You know? Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's what I mean. And I, you know, that's, that's on the extreme ends, but you're not going to like call them out 
yeah, uh, yeah. Another, another girl here today you know like and uh, i think that uh, people appreciate that too right they want to be able to go to a nice place where they feel comfortable and know the people and know that they have comfort in that yeah completely so um you sound like you got a lot on the go what's what's next for you where do you see yourself end of this year end of five years what's going on with james I want to keep opening up different styles of venues um, and challenging myself to build programs that are very specific and with intention uh, for each of those programs so that I have a portfolio uh, of, a, like, uh, of, of places that um, I know I'm, I'm offering something unique to the to the city here, um, you know, there's some points where the city gets oversaturated with the mundane uh, repetitiveness of these programs that have no real upside and no real angle to them. They're just kind of all the same, and that's that's a sad place to be in. But I want to make sure that I can offer um, different, unique experiences across the board for. For, for this city and then maybe beyond that, you know, like and spread that across the country if I can. That would be wonderful. Like, but I see my, myself in the next five years is, is having my foot in a little bit of everything. All right. And uh, young bartender coming up. Best piece of advice. Perfect practice. Everything you do as simple as cutting a lime anytime you're doing it. Pay attention to what you're doing and improve yourself every single step of the way. Doesn't There's nothing that's so unimportant that you're not, I mean, I'm talking about efficiency. If you're stuck in the bathroom with towels, be the efficient guy that does it. Be the best at what you do. Make that part of your habits and make that part of yourself and, and you're going to be successful and you're going to have a great time doing what you do because it's never going to feel like a job. All right, and finally, how do people find you? Social media, social media websites. What have you seen, James, uh, on Instagram? That's that's mainly where I'm at at, at this point. Cool. I, I try to try to get on there as much as possible, but yeah, that, that's that's where you'll find me, brother. Uh, thank you very much for the time. Cheers. Love the drinks. Love love, love the talking conversation, to you. and uh, look forward to that next five years for you and and beyond. You you make drinks with intention, and uh, it's it's a pleasure watching you work. Maybe we'll come to Canada. That would be good. We come to Toronto. We can do, do, do something. We can do something fun over there, right? Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah.